0: And to take the ministry to the next level, that's where the building comes in. So this is like a very important thing to me, and I hope I've been able to communicate this to our congregation, is that the building is not just gonna allow us to do, we're not just gonna do what we're doing, same thing in a building, but you know what? At least we don't have to set up chairs now. No, 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 the same manpower that has been used for however many years to set up chairs and to plug in projectors and to to, to lug stuff around before and after church, that same manpower is gonna now be able to be free to do other things, okay? So I'm really hoping that the ministry goes the next level.
1: We realize that anytime there's a building campaign, there are lots of questions. We went ahead and got Father Anthony to answer them all. Listen to a compilation of frequently asked questions and answers, including why we need a building in the first place, why we're building in one of the most expensive regions in the country, and how you can help even if you've already donated. Today's featured resource is the brand new ancient faith class, Who is God? Available to access now for free at stsaministries.org. So after 10 years of being a portable church, you're just about there for breaking ground.
0: Hallelujah. On a building. Yes. (laughs)
1: Congratulations. (laughs) So tell us what this means for ministries. Tell us why this building is so Mm. important at this point in time.
0: Yeah, and many people ask me that, that same question, which is, you've been so successful without a church, why do you need a church right now? Right. And I, I get that. And for the past 10 years, you know, Susan, and I've always been saying that the church is more than a building. It's more than a building, and we're never going to let the lack of a building stop us from doing what God called us to do. And to take the ministry to the next level, that's where the building comes in. So this is like a very important thing to me and I hope I've been able to communicate this to our congregation, is that the building is not just gonna allow us to do, we're not just gonna do what we're doing, same thing in a building, but you know what? At least we don't have to set up chairs now. No, 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 The same manpower that has been used for however many years to set up chairs and to plug in projectors and to to, to lug stuff around before and after church, that same manpower is gonna now be able to be free to do other things, okay? So I'm really hoping that the ministry goes the next level. Something as simple like the the videos that we do um, from the well and the recording and the streaming and things like that. We spend, you know Susan, we spend so many uh, precious, precious hours per week just setting the stuff up. Well soon that's going to be a building walk in and turn on a switch. But those hours, we're not just going to throw them away or watch more TV or go on vacation more. We're going to be able now to shift those hours and the manpower into doing more people things. Okay, reaching out to people or, or finding a way to improve the quality of the, the videos that we're putting out there as opposed to just right now, again, as you know, if we get through a Sunday and no, nothing fell and nothing broke, it's like, woo, it's a successful Sunday. But we want to take it to the next level. And that applies across the board. You know, we're serving in the community through Hope Multiply. And we're having a tremendous impact. Well, we want to increase that impact when we have a building. So instead of just being, you know, we are this entity that goes to different places and serves, we're now a place that opens up our doors and we open up our home. And that connection with the community, I anticipate will be significantly stronger when we have a full-time 24 seven presence with a sign there that says these, these people, they, they belong to a church and that's why they do what they do. And then you look at like the children's ministry, for example, you know, we are making do, we have the best, the Sunday school teachers are the best and everyone, the volunteers are the best but we're making do with some tough accommodations. In, in, in one of our locations, we're in a college university and you got little three-year-olds in those swivelly college chairs and, you know, with, and and the projectors and like the fancy equipment that could break and things like that. We actually end up pushing all of it against the wall and just sitting on the floor. Well, imagine what our teachers could be free to do if they didn't have to spend all that time setting up and trying to make a college classroom into a kid's classroom, the creativity that that could hopefully unleash. Um, So it's all about the building is not the goal. The building is a means to the goal. And after 10 years, God has been leading us, leading us, leading us, and to take that next step in our ministry, the building is the next step to get us there, but it goes way beyond just a building.
1: Father Anthony, it is now 10 years Mm -hmm. since you started STSA Church, Mm -hmm. and there is a great story behind what led you Mm -hmm. to feel called to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you share that story with us?
0: Absolutely. I mean, when we started STSA Church, there was a very clear vision, which is bringing ancient faith to a modern world. And what I had seen before that so many others experience out there is that people were coming to the orthodox church and people were entering in but we found that people were struggling to stay in the church so we felt like you know what in in a in a traditional church there's so many people that you're trying to serve you're trying to serve people who just immigrated from abroad trying to serve people who are you know egyptian american um, or whatever culture slash american and then you have people who are coming in who are just purely american without any other culture And we felt like it was a lot to do in the same place so we felt like what we needed to do was create a place that people could grow in their understanding of the orthodox faith without the cultural barriers that so often inhibit people from sticking into it, from staying there long term. And the way I I had someone express it to me one time is I felt like the church had a big uh, wide open front door where many people were coming and we were preaching to people, we were inviting people and I was meeting with people, people were coming, but as soon as they entered the front door and then you turned around as they would leave out the back door, because there wasn't anything, we weren't finding a way to successfully keep them in the faith and keep them in the church. And I think that had a lot more to do with the culture than with the faith. I don't know anyone who left Orthodoxy because they disagreed with our doctrine or our dogma or our teachings. People left because they weren't feeling a sense of belonging into the greater church community. So that's why STSA started. Is is there a way, is it possible that we can have a church with the beauty and the depth of the Orthodox faith but minus some of the cultural barriers that keeps people from being fully engaged.
1: So something you always say is that we don't wanna be a selfish church. Mm-hmm. Can you explain that a little bit more? Mm-hmm. Um, what does that look like being a selfish church versus changing the outlook mm-hmm. on that?
0: Church is the body of Christ. Like That has to inform everything in our discussion about what we do as a church. Church is the body of Christ. Christ didn't have a selfish cell inside him. Okay, Christ, if you. if cut them open and you looked what's inside, it's all sacrifice and giving and it was never about himself. So if we're the body of Christ, we have to be unselfish as well. We teach our members, okay, you have to be unselfish in your dealings with your spouse, your kids, your co-workers, and we as a church have to be unselfish. Which means that the goal, our existence, is not centered around ourselves. This is very hard because what we need to do is make decisions as a church based on the people who are not necessarily in the room making the decisions. Because if it's just, you know what, us here and our kids and our family, and the best is lock the door, don't let anyone in because it could be danger out there. And what's best for us is to do, you know, like family uh, reunion style events where it's just like kind of our people. But is that what's best for the people outside? Serving in the community, for example, that doesn't benefit us in any way. We do that in a sacrificial way and that we are here to serve As Christ, the Son of Man, did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. So this affects how we how we do, like how we program in terms of like where we decide to invest our time, but also how we invest our money. You know, and we preach that people should be tithing 10% of their income to the church. We as a church tithe 10% of our income back into the local community and allows us to do things that, you know, People look at it and say, well, where did this come from and who's doing this? And simply, this is like, it's in our budget.
1: One of the things that we got a lot of questions about was how we did church, how we did programming, how we were bringing an ancient faith to a modern world. And STSA Ministries started. Mm-hmm. Can you share a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, we always say that our mission at STSA is to bring an ancient faith to a modern world. STSA Ministries was created to help you bring an ancient faith to your modern world. So basically it's our way of being an unselfish church, giving back and not, we don't just care about ourselves. We have a church here and we have a Sunday school curriculum and we have a way and you know, go figure it out. I don't see how God could ever bless that. So what we wanted to do is create a way where we can take our resources and package them up and make them available to the whole world. And whenever I share these resources with others, I say, I'm not saying we're perfect, but I'm saying, this is what we've done. You go out there, take what we've done and make, make it, it better. Yeah. And not make, make it your own and make it better. And then I'm going to take it back from you. Okay, so instead of you starting at zero, start where we are, take it here, add to it, and then let me take it. So I feel like we, as a body of Christ, are better when we share resources. There's nothing proprietary here. We're all preaching the same Christ and the same faith. And we noticed that so many people were saying, tell us how you do this. Tell us how you do this. Father Anthony, we need you to come out and teach our people this. We need you to do this. And it just... It, I felt it was haphazard. So STSA Ministries is our way of taking a step back, collecting things together in an organized professional manner and making them available. Like one resource for example, we have like a membership group. So many people have said, "How is it that you, you know, bring people into the faith and you're baptizing people and you, you know, how you're initiating people into the church?" Well, we've been doing it a membership group since the very start of the church. So it didn't take me very much time to say, "Okay, instead of spending an hour with you, and an hour with you, an hour with you, and me spend two hours, package it together into a nice thing and make it available. And so many priests and so many churches have said how much they appreciate it. And as you said, they made it their own. So they they customized it to their particular you know, setting or their particular culture. And I, I just think that's that that's the way the church is gonna go forward when we work together, as opposed to each one on an island.
1: So you're currently doing a series in the well um on your core values Mm -hmm. so core values are clearly a huge part of the church can Mm -hmm. you explain Mm -hmm. what they are that's a little bit Mm -hmm. unique to some people
0: Uh, it's unique to a lot of people i would say and several people ask me like what do you mean that the church has core values and i go to a church and i we don't have core values like isn't just being a church like that's our value and i get it okay but what i what my fear always is just going through the motions and what i always am afraid of is that doing church becomes the goal. So the fact that we have services on Saturday and Sunday, okay, we're good. like we have a church, we have Vespers, we have confessions, we have liturgy. so does that mean we're doing what we set out to do? And the whole point when we started STSA is we said we are here, we have a mission and we have something we want to accomplish and therefore these are the values that we are going to operate by, which we feel are of course biblical values and what the church should be. So without core values, what I think ends up happening is oftentimes you have each priest or leadership of the church or or whatever that may be, the board or whatever, has kind of certain natural giftings, like you're gifted in some areas, I'm gifted in some areas, you're passionate about things, I'm passionate about things. I don't want the church to be led by what I'm passionate about or what I'm good at. I want the church to be led by what the vision of the church that Christ set Okay, when he established the church in, in the New Testament. So because of that, that's where our core values come in. They are our guiding principles. And some of them we don't even need to emphasize because that's like my heart. So I'm all about like witnessing and evangelism and preach the gospel. So for me, if I'm part of a church, I'm going to emphasize that. But there may be other aspects that are needed, but they're not my natural gifting. Or I'm not very good at them, but they're just as important. So by having the core values, which really I felt were inspired by God, it sets a balanced approach to the church, that you know what, we need to be evangelizing, but we also need to focus on community. We need to focus on inviting people in, but we also need to focus on building people up once they're inside. We need to have a worship, okay, emphasis. So it keeps the church balanced and not personality driven or talent driven. And hopefully that, you know, I'm here today and I'm gone tomorrow, and then the next person and the next person, the next person, but the church lives on and the mission of the church through those core values.
1: So another question related to the building design itself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Part of the building design includes one floor that will be for commercial use. Yes. Can you explain the why mm-hmm. behind the design mm-hmm. includes something like that? Because yeah. that's that's another unique thing.
0: Yeah, and for sure, when some people hear that, they're like, what does that mean? The church is not a business or whatever. I'm sure you get a <laughs>
1: lot of questions on that.
0: Yeah. So, Certain things are done out of necessity, but it also matches with what I believe is, is the God-honoring way to do things. So as you mentioned, Susan, we're gonna have a, a four-story building, but the first two stories are parking garage. Um, the third story, the third floor is gonna be an office space that we're gonna lease out, and we're working with a commercial uh, real estate broker, JLL, to lease out the space. And then the fourth story, that's the church, okay? And that's gonna be like a story and a half or two stories, and that's gonna be all everything on one floor. So why is it that we have this this office space? The necessity of it is we're in a very expensive area. Probably one of the most expensive areas in the country and it's just not sustainable to be in this area with the price per square foot unless you have a way to generate income. So really the office is gonna be there to offset the cost that is associated with that building but even I think about it even longer term is the office will bring in revenue Okay, and generate income that can then be used, especially once the mortgage is paid off, that can then be used to start new ministries and start new churches Okay, and, and bring in more priests and it'll be able to finance the ministry itself. So that's why what I tell people, when we're talking about raising money right now for, the, for the, the closing of the loan and start construction, this is like a one and done kind of a thing. Like if we're able to raise the cash right now, this is not like a yearly, we need money to keep on the lights and we need money, No, 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 with this office building, the ministry is gonna be self-sustaining for years and years and years to come, especially in the area that we're in where the value of land is so high um, and right down the street from Amazon, right down the street from the Pentagon, right down the street from uh, uh, the White House. So it's a a prominent area. So long-term, we feel like this is the best way to be good stewards financially of what God has given to us. In addition, just kind of me personally, the thought of a building to just kind of sit there and be empty all week, especially with a parking garage, it just doesn't seem like the best way to use the resources God has given to us. So you marry those two together, we're going to have uh, office space on the third floor, but it's not going to have any interaction with the church. Okay, that that will be locked off. Okay, they don't want us going to their office space, and we don't want them coming to our church except on Sundays. Of course, we want them to come, but it'll in essence, it'll just be like every other church has a neighbor okay, that they may share a street or share a parking lot with, but there's really not going to be, it's not going to be people doing business in the church or the church preaching in an office space.
1: You bring up a good point. You are in one of the most expensive areas. I'm sure a lot of people have suggested you move outside so that you can Mm -hmm. um, get cheaper land. You Mm -hmm. can, you know, lots of benefits to that, Mm -hmm. but this is very intentional.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Can you explain that?
0: This goes back to our mission. And this is, goes back to the idea of we're not here just to do church for ourselves. We are here, God planted us to bring an ancient faith to a modern world. And from the very start, I felt Arlington is critical to it. And as you said, several times, we're like, we can get cheaper land out there. We can move closer to where people live out there. It, it, you know, suburbs is a lot, logistically a lot easier. But I, I feel very strongly that God wants us in Arlington because it's a, a place of high visibility. It's a very prominent, area. For those who don't know the D.C. area, D.C. is actually very small. Okay, very few people actually live in D.C. People live around it. Arlington is one of the prominent areas right outside of D.C. where people live and, and, and spend a lot of their time. And A lot of the D.C. businesses are located out there. I look at it as St. Paul when he did his ministry. Okay, if you study the mission work of St. Paul where he planted churches, it was very intentional. It wasn't just haphazard. It wasn't just where the wind blew him. All the churches that he planted were on the Mediterranean Sea, okay, along the rim of the Mediterranean. And that was intentional because those are places where people, those port cities where people are always coming and going. I used to think to myself, it would be so nice to be in a church. where We're high transit area here, so mm-hmm. people are here for a year and then they leave, and then here for a semester and then they leave. I thought it would be so nice if people stopped leaving and people would just stay here and you could really invest. But I actually discovered, no, this way, this is the St. Paul way, is that more people were coming in. And as they came in, they didn't know the gospel. He would preach the gospel to them and then they would go back to their city and they would carry the gospel with them. So he was able to influence more people across the world by being in one of those port cities. I feel the same as here in Arlington is that people do come and go and it's kind of a crossroads of people from all over the place, but it's a chance for this ancient faith to carry to the ends of the world because so many people are coming and going and it gives us a chance to influence more people.
1: So for people who've already donated, um, how can they continue to support the More Than a Building campaign? Um, They're really passionate about Mm. what we're doing and they want to encourage and support the ministry. What else can they do?
0: Spread the word. Spread the word is the number one thing. And this is the message that I keep getting from God, is that I have no doubt that God is going to finish the job and he's gonna raise the money that's needed. I have no doubt about it. But my job is to continue to spread the word and tell people about it and give people a chance. Because I believe in the mission and I believe that God wants to do something. I also believe that anyone who gives and contributes will be blessed abundantly in their life. So it's my job just to tell people, hey, This is what God is doing here. And this is what God has commanded us to do and give people a chance. So that's what I tell people is, thank you so much for your donation. Okay, those who have given, may God bless you. We pray for you. Okay, and I promise you that we tell our church people that every time they pray, we have to pray that God blesses those who have given. The next thing that you can do is help us by spreading the word. We're posting stuff on social media, share that post with someone, with an uncle, with a grandparent, okay, with a coworker, with someone who you know has benefited from the ministry here. That's the thing is we're not saying to to guilt people or solicit people or anything. We're just saying if someone has benefited from the ministry here, then this is a way that they can contribute and help the ministry to continue to grow.
1: To listen to previous episodes, or access all of our free resources, join the community at Ministries.org.